Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships. This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines. However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships. And when we say relationships, we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more. So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. All right, and welcome back to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Chris. And I'm Dr. Lauren. And we're still at the Whiteley Center in the San Juan Islands. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're next to a nice cozy fire now. It's it's dark and it's, it's, it's yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> um, so in this episode, we're going to talk about our second principle of relationship anarchy, and we're going to do it out of order. Woo! I know we're so wild. I know, I know. <laughs> just living it up over here based on, um, so out of order, based on Andy Nordgren's original manifesto. Right. So as a reminder, we are reading the translation of Andy's words first, and then we will share our hot takes. So the pr- second principle that we are sharing uh, from Andy is find your set of relationship values, or excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and start that over. Find your core set of relationship values. So that's the headline. And specifically, Andy goes on to say, how do you wish to be treated by others? What are your basic boundaries and expectations on all relationships? What kind of people would you like to spend your life with? And how would you like your relationships to work? Find your core set of values and use it for all relationships. Don't make special rules and exceptions as a way to show people you love them, quote unquote, for real. Right. So I, my first thought was, I, you know, I kind of want this to be taught in, in all schools. Oh yeah. Right. Like Mm -hmm. have, like, what if this was the foundation of middle school and high school sex education? Elementary school. Right. Oh, element. Yeah. I I will go for that too. Right. Like this idea that you uh, really think thoughtfully about how you want to be treated by others and what are your boundaries and expectations for relationships like to engage in those conversations early as children, I think would be so great. And I, I mean, I'm a sex educator, so yeah. I, I think about these things <laughs> from like the K, well, you are too, but yeah, just yeah. in a different setting. So right. I think about these things from this K through 12 perspective and Absolutely. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what would happen to our school-based sex education if this was the foundation from what, you know, from how we talked about things. All right. And so also, and I I love, I mean, on principle, foundational, like humans are good standpoint, I love that idea. And then I also think about, and this is something that I felt in a challenging way in relation to this principle, how hard it is for some of us to identify what we want and then be able to live with it. Right. So when I think about children who might be living in households that are cruel, yeah. Or where they're experiencing harm. And so they might be able to say, here's how I want to feel in my relationships. Here's what I wish for. And yet the adults around them, they can't access that. And, yeah. that, and, and right. I mean, of course, there are so many children who are incredible survivors and navigate this for their whole lives. Right. And, and find their way out or we're not out, but through they yeah. find their way through That's mm-hmm. the better way of putting it. And so we want to honor that strength and that resilience. And also like that can then disrupt our ability to find our values and live toward them. And so like, this is complicated. It's not simple, but yeah, generally, man, I fucking love that idea. Yeah. Well, this idea of that, 
you deserve respect and you deserve these things. And you're right. There needs to be some kind of trauma informed lens on that in the K through 12. I mean, throughout life, but like in that K through 12 where it's just like, and you might not, it might not always be the case. That you and can access it, right. but you deserve to be able to name it and you should, you right. Des- you, you deserve access and to find it. it in other, again, especially with relationship anarchy, right? Like we're okay. So it might not be in with like your parents. Yeah. Right. Or right. Like the people that live in your house, or it might not be there. And where then can you find those relate like those relationship values and that you get to keep seeking in yeah like you don't have to be stuck wherever you are or whatever kind of relationships you have have had that's not the end and yeah it's not the only thing that's out there and so that invitation I mean whether it's that we're starting narrating this and the practice of identifying our values and then seeing that as something that's a lifelong project if we get to keep coming back to and saying for ourselves like what do I value what am I looking for? I mean I love and I think every person who's survived harm and and that's part of my area of work is around you know living living through trauma and living through relationship violence familial dating etc yeah um and so i have so much compassion for survivors like myself where it's like the models we build for ourselves they suck yeah (laughs) and it's not our fault it's because of what we were handed and it makes it like when i think about the kinds of relationships i formed where i thought i knew what my values were Mm-hmm. And I thought I knew what I wanted to create. Yeah. And I really now looking now with hindsight and having formed some other healthier relationships, I can look back at some of the ties I formed and go, ugly. I was right. just replicating really gnarly stuff that I survived young or saw modeled for me young. Yeah. And so I think, you know, again, I I think this could actually be part of a really beautiful healing journey for people, but we have to be able to talk about. It's not to say naming your relationship values is easy. So we can support kids coming up with them. We could have models that are trauma-informed and we want to like then keep being expansive as we grow. Yeah. Um, and then for the folks that it is easy, like that's joyful and let's share that and then support each other. Yeah. I mean, I think if we talked about relationship values, I actually can imagine for folks who are secret, often secretly living through really hard unpleasant things, that might actually help them understand like, oh, this is not typical. Yeah. And that there are other ways of forming relationships and, oh, cool. That's exciting. (laughs) Right. And also not to spoon feed people relationship values. And there still could be some core ones though, that you could, again, teach early that might be fundamental and nothing's universal, but pretty close, but like trust and respect and communication and, and you don't have to make like yourself that. small right like i mean you may have to just survive some dynamics right but in a relationship you aspire to and you choose right like when we get to choose our relationships what do we want to choose right and so that's two different things right because right. there's the relationships you're forced into born into whatever yeah. yeah and then there's relationships you can choose and so maybe that's those and that's, defining things i mean that would be a beautiful thing also to teach the yeah. youth of like we have some relationships or some settings, right? Like there's dynamics we don't always get to choose. Right. But man, when we do, like, let's make sure we're dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's so many times where a relationship, whether it's long-term or short-term, yeah, we don't get to choose that relationship. And right. So which ones do we get to choose to be in and how do those manifest? And that's, I mean, as adults, 
And I think a lot about what we're going to be talking about here in this podcast are relationships we're choosing. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. We want to be focused on like, okay, we're turning towards something. How do we know what we want to turn toward? Yeah. And so this opportunity to slow down and say, what the fuck do I want? Yeah. What do I want it to feel like? What do I want to feel like? What do I want to offer to someone else? What do I want to receive? Where do I want to grow? And I know that I can grow most in relationship to another person. Where also do I want like space to grow on my own? And I don't want this person like, you know, or I don't want another person, influ- you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But that that's part of our values and figuring out what those are. Yeah. And there's this really interesting, I just finished reading uh, Esther Perel's Mating in Captivity. Mm-hmm. And most of that book is really geared towards, uh, I would also say, I'm not going to say totally heterosexual monogamous relationships, um, but monogamous relationships for the most part. Okay. Uh, And she sometimes, she shares a lot of her work with couples therapy. And she has couples doing these exercises where on one half of a piece of paper, an individual would say like, I think love is, and then inserting those things. And I feel loved when this happens. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm expressing love, this is what I do. And then on the other half of the piece of paper, it's like, I feel it's like sex or sexy, or I think sex is, and I like it. So it's basically the flip. So it's sort of showing that feeling loved and feeling sexy or feeling sexual desire aren't the same things, right? Oh my God, amen to that. Right? Yeah. So it's really interesting to pose those in terms Mm -hmm. of your values, right? Like, so, oh, what are your expectations and your values around feeling loved and then in expressing sexual desire? Okay. And can we also acknowledge like within the notion of feeling loved that can be baked into like, how does sex play into that? How does emotional intimacy, how to share activities, right? We could start thinking about the love languages of, I'm not going to think of his name, the five love languages. Yeah. Chapman. I think Chapman Chapman sounds right. It's a CH name, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing our best. Yeah. Fine. You know. Yes. Um, But I think there's, again, this, we talk in, and I just so appreciate this is where our conversation is going. It's like, we talk in these monolithic terms, monolithic terms, like love, that's a fucking big thing. Right. And we have to make the room for us to say, what the hell do I mean by that? Yeah. And what's going into that? And then, you know, sometimes you like turn that corner of talking about sex and it's like, oh shit, I mean something different. But sometimes I mean sex and love. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I mean sex and not with love. And that's cool too. Yeah. Right. And so really figuring out if we're talking about these deep, longer ties, which is, I think what we mean when we're talking about relationship anarchy, we're talking about ties that come and go, but also how we figure out the enduring ties we want. It's like all the things. Yeah. Then we have to be able to think through these different dimensions. So it's like our first principle: love is a love is abundant. We don't have to think of love as limited, but also maybe we're not only talking about love. Yeah. So how do we keep thinking about all these dimensions to come up with our values? Yeah. Right. And so, right. So, I mean, do you think there's a possibility, or did you like? Do you think about this when it's like a core set of relationship values? Like, is that a thing to stay as like Nordgren puts it? Like find that core set of values and use, use it, it for, for all, all relationships. relationships. You knew I was going to object to that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my response to that was like, no. I mean, I think 
it's complicated. I think, so for me, the way I relate to this principle is I want to say, I think of my relationships as part of like a total experience. Mm -hmm. And I use the language of constellation. I referenced this in the last episode. Like I experience my ties and I think of which relationships are the brighter stars, the quieter stars, whatever we want to, you know, I'm sure I'm offending my friends who are (laughs) astronomers. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But when I think about these ties, like it's the whole experience. Mm -hmm. So I can think of what are the values I hold for the collection of relationships I form and what do I want to nurture and make sure I'm supporting the growth around, right, in my ties. And so it's a set of values that are fulfilled across relationships. Mm -hmm. So every single relationship, I don't want to have a relationship that dismantles one of my values So for example, if I hold a value of being treated with respect and I feel like there's someone who's like blatantly disrespecting me, yeah, which that's a very complicated thing to say. There's a lot more that would go into that, but right. Let's just be simple about it. Mm -hmm. Respect is a value. You're disrespecting me. Like that's a problem. Yeah. But if we're saying I value, you know, experiencing growth in my understanding of cultures that are different than my own, right. It doesn't mean every single relationship I form has to support that value, but I want to make sure there are some relationships I have where that's part of our growth together. Okay. So if you're not getting it anywhere, then you're violating the core set of your relationships. And I want to think about what are the relationships I'm holding on to? Am I foreclosing an opportunity to grow in other ways because I'm holding onto these relationships? And do I need to reevaluate how? Because we have limited time and limited yeah. energy. Yeah. Right? Like then I might slow down and say, well, what is is there room for a different kind of tie or relationship or is there room for growth that I can ask for in some of these ties of mm-hmm. saying, hey, are you interested in growing in XYZ way? That's part okay. of something that's important to me as right. a value. Yeah, it's interesting because I I don't, I mean, obviously nitpicking on the language, yeah, please the do. core set yeah, yeah, yeah. is going to be the respect and maybe part of like growing as allowing the person allowing you to grow yeah i mean i can see that being core in a different way but is it like right if you oh, don't get I it from everybody like uh-huh. core is for uh-huh. everybody which is okay. what i think annie nordgren's saying and then as long as you're getting this in your life then then it's okay or is it i think maybe i'm saying i want and man i'm like resist i'm now i'm doing like i have hierarchies of values like yeah right <laughs> after last episode saying like don't hierarchies yeah um so i'm i'm maybe yeah i think you're making a really important point and maybe that is exactly what andy was referring to of saying there's the core things that no relationship should violate yeah so i can get on board with that of like know your fucking core and know it hard and honor it yeah um and then i think there's the other things that all relationships don't have to meet you on but those also might be really like i don't I think what's tricky for me is I don't want to say that those are like less important than the core things, Mm -hmm. you know, like, does that make sense? Well, I mean, I think there, I mean, maybe it's, and yeah, are we getting too heady here? But like there's relationship values and then there's your values, right? Like the values you hold, like you always want to make sure you're growing as an individual and where are you going to get that? Do you need to get that in all your relationships? So there's that. And and so when you speak of your constellation, as long as you're getting that value fulfilled somewhere, it's okay. But if it's not across the board, that's also okay. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if there's then, so would we say it's like, find your course at a relationship values, 
and your core commitments to yourself. Yeah. I mean, maybe? I think that would be great. And also I liked where you brought up, like mm. you don't just want, you don't want relationships. It's to then stifle you exactly. or deny you the room to have those other things that are so important to you. Right. But maybe they're, I mean, I really actually really love where you were taking that. Cause I'm like, Oh, and it doesn't have to be something that's happening through a relationship. Maybe it's that you're experiencing the growth on your own. Like I think about, you know, my, I'm in a mindfulness practice and I've been practicing for a while, but I mostly do it alone, except with the community that I'm learning with. Yeah. And, but that's a different kind of relationship. Yeah. Um, oh, now I'm like, do I count some of the, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to set down those ties for a second. Yeah. But like, you know, if you have the thing that you're growing in on your own through reading, experience, whatever, but it's yours and it's important to you. Yeah. Like there's ways too many times, too much time, too much energy. You could like lose that opportunity of growth. And so we need to protect that too. Yeah. So yeah, so there's both in, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want your relationship values and you want your own values and being thoughtful about those both. Like and thinking sort of, through what are the things that are that are there, you know, and maybe it doesn't matter to say, is it something I'm doing for me on my own? Or is it something I do in community with another person? Like maybe that's less relevant of just this is important and I don't want to lose track of it. Yeah. Or your core relationship value becomes that the person doesn't deny. Oh, the, hell yeah. Yeah. Like essential pieces of yourself. Oh my right? God. Right. Or minimize them or mock them. Like, right. Uh, oh, well, gosh. Sorry. Yeah. Going Not there. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but it does. Right. It does happen where people are like, why are you doing that? That's dumb or absolutely yeah or I don't see yeah I don't what see a waste of time how come you're not spending time with me while you're doing that thing right how can you tell me that that's more important than you spending time with I mean again not to <laughs> repeat things that have been said to me in some of my less pleasant relationships yeah um yeah so I I, I this is that feels exciting to me to say to like a, amend gently yeah this principle of saying it's core relationship values because I appreciate what you're saying about like these are the relationship values about how we treat each other boundaries expectations and it's also there can be then the other things that we just want to say like this is who I want to be this is how I want to grow this is how I want to develop and I want to make sure nothing ever is minimizing those aspects of myself yeah I love right. that and yeah and some people will be better at encouraging that and growing that in you whether it's a romantic partner a, a sexual partner a friendship or this yeah. community that you're talking about your mindfulness community right totally. like they're a relationship you have I know it was funny I was like ready to minimize the relationship and I'm like oh wait no that is a relationship and it matters to me yeah it's interesting right so there's all that I mean you know other things that uh I thought you know really what this whole value is, or this whole principle is about mm -hmm. is this idea of like really getting to, right to take the time to get to know yourself and develop that sort of self-awareness, emotional intelligence or yep. whatever to really like it, it, to see what's important for you that allows you to live that fuller life. Yeah. Right. And so, and that can be really hard for some of us to like, if, I mean, depending on our access to resources or whatever else is going on in our world, mm -hmm finding the time and committing to ourselves enough to say, to decide what kinds of relationships I want to form, I have to slow down and really think about this. And it's not to say you have to have like, this is now my relationship manifesto. It's like, yeah. you don't have to be final in anything, but at a minimum coming down and saying, gosh, these are the things that are really like 
again, using the language of core, I, I, I think I can get on board of know what those things are. Maybe there's some things you're a little like squishier on, but yeah, being able to articulate to someone, I mean, again, and this will come up in future principles, but like we, we can't form ethical, meaningful, complex ties with people if we actually don't know what we're asking for yeah. or what we're prepared to offer or what we're prepared to not offer. Yeah. Right. Like these are, I mean, as Andy said, like, what are your basic boundaries and expectations? You have to know yourself Yeah. and you have to figure that out. And then, and in parts where it's not clear, maybe you can say, this is a part that I'm not sure of. And even being able to name that would be yeah. better than not acknowledging it. Yeah. And I mean, those boundaries I'm thinking right now, like sexual boundaries are going to be obviously oh, different yeah. for different people. Right. So yeah. that's, there's that too, that sometimes your boundaries do change as long as you're changing them and staying authentic to yourself and what your actual limitations are. But you might have a certain boundary that you thought was absolute. And then you meet a person and you think, oh, maybe that's not like, you're like, I am never getting married. And then you meet somebody and you're like, oh, or like, I'm never going to be into this kind of sex play or this kind of kink. And then you meet the right person. And then you're like, oh, maybe then I do want to explore marriage or this kink or something that I never thought I'd want to, but because of the, the relationship that I am experiencing with this person, it feels safe or right, or it's, it's changing me it's shifting me yeah. into somebody who's willing to and interested in exploring this other way of connecting. I mean, I think this is where, you know, the trickiness of calling it a core set makes it sound final. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or sound universal. Like what I love that you're saying here is that I, so, and this was like where I was like, yeah, I don't know. Use it for all relations. I mean, I, I literally was like, use it for all. Because <laughs> there's, so I think there are probably the core set of things that we would all, that we would say, all of them need to do this. And that goes back to things of like, how do we see respect manifesting for us? Like, mm -hmm. what are the ways we want to be shown respect? Yeah. All of us deserve that. And that's probably going to be true across most relationships. Yeah. In a fairly specific kind of way. Other things might be really variable. Yeah. Right. Like I definitely have different things I am open to with different people in my constellation around sexual intimacy, physical intimacy. I have some people who I do not want to have any public displays of affection and other people I'm like, please put your arm around me. Let's hold hands, you know, and that's a mutual, of course. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not demanding that of someone, but <laughs> right. clear. Um, and I'm, I don't even know that I can always explain why I feel differently. And so to some extent, that's like the core value for me is because of my history, I'm not, it's not always predictable. It's not always easy for me to know why I feel the way I feel. Mm -hmm. And so I need to know that anyone is going to stay anchored in like my sense of safety. Yeah. Just as I will stay anchored right. in theirs. So, right. So then safety can be one of your core values. And the way it manifests or like the way I want to express or, or how it shows up could look really different yeah relationships yeah yeah and that's complicated yeah it's, I mean that's, it gets complicated yeah so you know back to my sort of my my utopian <laughs> middle school and high school and lower grades um curricula too I think the other piece too like the lesson that um it's in this principle is sort of like the don't make special rules and exception as a way to show people oh, God, you yes. love them for real so it's like conceding 
these things or doing anything. And I mean, we do this as adults too. So I don't want to just pick on the younger humans, Um, (laughs) but like this idea that, oh, in order to keep this relationship, I need to sacrifice myself or I need to be yeah, somebody else because we prioritize being in relationship over Mm -hmm. prioritizing being authentic to who we are. Or even feeling good in the world. Right? Yeah, it's right. like, oh no, we're all supposed to have partners. We're all supposed to have the, you know, not to use binary language, but with the lack of better term, boyfriends and girlfriends, right? Like yeah. that's what we're, we're supposed to have someone we're dating forever. It's like the only, yeah, any, and yes. And so there is, I love the idea of, in, of building into ongoing curriculum, this idea of like, okay, now. So when you were in fourth grade, you build a set of core values and principles. What do you think now? Yeah. And I would love for that to be the practice, right? So that at different phases in life, we normalize, slow down, think about it and come up with those suggestions, those requests, and then learn how to communicate them and build that as a practice. And that to normalize that into sex ed, I just like, it's hard. It's almost hard to wrap my head around how that would change the way people, the way I hope young people would experience relationships. Yeah. Because then the center is not, am I performing and having this partner, you know, I can like say, I've got a boyfriend or I got a girlfriend, you know, like we've all got to have a a one. You're not trying to do that. You're trying to find really a relation, a relationship or relationships that align with your values. And if that's the anchor, that's really different. Yeah. So yeah, starting early about what makes a good friend. So like, how can you be a good friend to somebody and how can somebody be a good friend to you? And when do you notice when a person's not being a good friend Mm -hmm. or when do you notice like that kind of thing? And then that can get into, right. What a healthy other kinds of relationships can be because that is the core value, right? It's the same idea that you can have friends who don't treat you well. Absolutely. And then if you recognize them in your friendships, And yeah, what can we teach kids, you know, whether it's in school, whether it's kids that are in our lives, that kind of like, absolutely. All of us can be educators, right? Right. So doing it from that place. And then when they get into other kinds of romantic and sexual relationships, they can be, well, wait a minute, this is violating this core idea of people shouldn't, you know, be. And I've held on to this for so long and I've named it multiple times throughout my education and with my, you know, adults who love me and how amazing would that be? It'd be so much easier to make sense of ties that don't feel good. Yeah. And know those warning signs and then, right. And then, you know, in later grades and then also later in our lives, realizing like, no, 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 no. The person who we're with sexually or romantically does not then that does not give them the right to criticize how we look or criticize like what we're doing. I mean, one of Gottman's, you know, uh, the, the horseman, right? Like the the warning signs of a bad relationship that is criticism. And so where does that fall into this idea of it's not like the fact that it's one of the horsemen means it's this, you know, it's this very commonplace thing where, like like romantic and sexual partners will criticize each other yeah. willy nilly. It's like like all of a sudden like it's okay to do that. Like you yeah. wouldn't you know do you say that to your friend? Well, and I and I think again if we're in the practice of naming values, naming how we want to treat each other, and we're doing that from a really young age, and we're taking we're framing those values in both a I'm naming my own and I'm curious about the other person's. Yeah. Because then, I mean, again, this idea of like, how do we keep dismantling the logic of like, there's no one out there who is 
the person like the there's no monster there's no like well eh, okay <laughs> the most common thing to have happen is that people who cause harm in our lives are people we know yeah and they're everyday people right socialized into bad behaviors harmful behaviors hurtful behaviors and then they continue to manifest and can grow but if we were all starting in places where regularly we had conversations about what would make us feel good and how are we also listening to what makes other people feel good yeah. and what's important to them and feeling that permission to say, huh, that doesn't match. That's okay. Yeah. And I want you to find that piece over somewhere else. I can offer this. Do we want to spend time around that thing that we can both offer each other that is mutually important to us? Nifty. Or is that thing not enough for us to say we want to keep growing a tie together? Great. And it doesn't yeah. have to be this high stakes, like we're good or bad, or you need to conform to whatever I want. Again, the, you know, every relationship is unique and yeah. let's figure out if it makes sense. Exactly. So yeah, like this is just right. Sharing like what you're saying, like sharing what's important to you and then seeing what's important to them and yep. finding that alignment. Um, and yeah, whether it's all, as long as you're not sacrificing core relationship values, maybe the person doesn't need to fulfill all of them. Well, and I think, right, right, right. So those core things about your dignity, you're feeling respected. And again, this is where I'm not like, oh, okay, maybe I do believe in the core element of this. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to resist it, but I think you're right. There is a core that should hold in all relationships that you always feel treated with dignity and respect. And you need to describe for yourself what does that look like and yeah. where is someone violating it and how will you check yourself and yada yada and communicate your expectations too from a place of like understanding and can you show up in these ways yeah and I think that the other piece that I it feels really important to say say out loud is like and having the best self-awareness and the best communication someone can still show up and we we may get hurt oh yeah. someone may be a person who's going to cause significant harm in our lives and it's never our fault. And it's not to say, oh, you're going to figure out the right equation and then you'll never experience harmful, unhealthy or abusive relationships. There's that doesn't that's not real. Unfortunately, maybe someday if these practices became norms for yeah. a generation, maybe things would change. But it feels so important just to say out loud, like if you're someone who is doing the work and trying to find your values, but you're also already in a harmful or abusive relationship, like you need to take care of yourself in whatever way is right for you. So yeah. we're sitting here saying we, you deserve to figure out your values. You deserve to figure out what you want. And then you also, if you're experiencing harm and feel trapped in it, like trust your sense of safety, make the best choices for you. And and again, you deserve support and to find your way, but you're the yeah. only one who can figure out what that's going to look like for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where can you find the the pieces of the, your relationship values in, in others? And it might be in a community like, hotline community yeah. or some kind of support group community again if it feels safe to, to navigate into those spaces and it can be heartbreaking to like do this again you know like I love the idea of starting this out with kids because it's like yay right move through life have your priorities and communicate them that feels so good yeah as like creating a different world and unfortunately there's also a whole bunch of us yeah. that are out here in our relationships and going well shit <laughs> yeah right Exactly. And there's kids that you know, oh, fuck are yeah. in there too. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's right. Trying to figure out how do you find the most loving ties you can yeah. that align as best as you can. Yeah. And then we'll keep, keep trying to do better and do right by each other. Yeah. But it starts with us naming for ourselves. What are our values? Yeah. Yeah. So freaking important. Yes. Yay.
All right, cool. Uh, well, uh, yeah, principle two. <laughs> principle, <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um, so thanks for listening. We'd love to hear comments, feedback, anything else. Feel free to contact us at uh, the letter B, the number four, the letter U, swipe, and that's at Gmail or on Facebook or at Instagram, yeah. whatever suits your needs. Yes. Until next time and the next principle. Ta-ta for now. Thanks for listening to Before You Swipe. If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, swipe at gmail. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Before You Swipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.